Ladies and gentlemen, boys and germs, welcome to the SAP, the Sex Actually podcast. As always, it is your host, Dave Neal, and your other host, Tasha Courtney. We and are, your other What host. do you want? I can never do it right. The co-host, <laughs> the other host is nothing for you. The lady, the one and only... Tasha Marie, and uh, we are here in a gazebo, folks. If you couldn't tell by this acoustic marvel, we are in a gazebo in the woods of the Berkshire Mountains in western Massachusetts on the border between Massachusetts and New York State. That's right, folks. This is our bug out shelter episode of the SAP. We are on a on the tail end of a nice long Family vacation. How do you feel, Tasha? Are we still engaged? What's happening? I'm exhausted. Is the truth? Are you I'm exhausted? So, I'm so tired. You're doing a good job. Oh, that's the first compliment you've given. No, me. what are you talking about? Is does anyone else? Any other men out there listening? By the way, there's a big ant. Get that. <gasps> ant. Oh no, it's good. Look at that oh, giant ant. Don't. Lord. You don't have to stand up. Just flick it off. Babe, you just flicked it in my chair. I always think it would be funny if we recorded in some boring studio and just made these we're like all right at two minutes i'm going to tell you there's an ant on your chair <laughs> but uh, we have yet to see too much wildlife here other than the Those occasional fat beavers we just saw or whatever they were yeah yeah porcupines Listen, beavers, not the fat chucks. not the fat beaver i was hoping to check out on this trip <laughs> but it's the one i got this beaver had a flat tail. It climbed up a tree. <laughs> can they, any biologists out there, can beavers climb up We're trees? We're going to have to watch some videos of woodchucks and beavers and porcupines to try and distinguish what exactly this was. But I thought porcupines don't have big tails like that, right? So I don't know. So it had know. to be either a beaver or a woodchuck. Well, what, what builds dams? What's a, a beaver. Okay, so beavers have the flat tail because they got to pat that dam. But I heard that woodchucks also have that. What if a beaver and a woodchuck are the same thing? Very much could be the same thing. I wouldn't have known the difference. I missed that that day in third grade where we learned the difference between a beaver and a woodchuck. If but it wasn't very for the cute chubby if, little animal. If it wasn't for the woodchuck rhyme, I wouldn't know anything. How does it go? How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? How flat's a woodchuck's tail if it wasn't a beaver? No one told me that one. This is the most masshole episode ever. I've got a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee here, three pumpkins, swirl, almond milk. It says almond milk. I asked for oat milk. I asked for oat milk. What can you do? You know it's Dunkin' when they fuck up your order. You got to put the mic up to you. Like, pretend like this is an episode. I can't. I don't have headphones, so I'm going to have no (laughs) control over what my sound is. You have no idea if your hand just drifts away from (laughs) your face. Can't. I'm here to help you. Attention to all things at once. So, what are we on? Day 15? What is this? day 45 well let's okay let's 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 take it back from the beginning the last episode we, we recorded off? was with nate Lowe on the rooftop so and after no that, one's heard any of our trips so no far. one's heard any of our trip other than the patreon we did a private episode on the patreon which of course everyone can go listen patreon.com slash the sap uh but uh we started in kentucky and again, we did a very, I would say, I would give ourselves an A- minus rating for our traveling during COVID. I would give us an, a solid A. I mean, the only way I would give us a higher score is if we drove cross-country and stopped only for necessities or had a private plane. I would say flying commercial, we did as good well, as I we would say possibly could. Driving across the country, just touching gas pumps has to be worse than flying. I, I disagree because you can use an antibacterial disinfectant wipe every time you touch a pump or just wear a glove, a disposable glove every time and you I think touch they've, a pump. I think they've proven that that coronavirus is not being transmitted through touch. Yeah, I think it's much more likely airborne saying. than 
like being transmitted on surfaces. But still, lice all your shit. So Why shout not? out, Who shout cares? out to Southwest. We flew Southwest. They didn't have the middle seats like you know all some yeah, of these asshole airlines that are just greedy. Nice and responsible. And that that took us to Kentucky. We spent some time with Tasha's family, and then we drove to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anything in Kentucky? I didn't want to get too personal there. Your family was very respectful to let us dine outdoors on this nice patio. Yeah, we basically did all of our family visiting outside. I mean, we were lucky that we had just amazing weather pretty much the whole trip. But yeah, we did all Bats of our socializing out on the back patio um, and sitting six feet apart. And Played some croquet with your mom. Is that what oh. it's called? Yeah, croquet. I couldn't believe how competitive your mom is. Oh, she's a Your killer. mom's a very competitive woman. Yes. But then but then when I lose, oh, no, no, when I was winning by a sizable amount, she wanted to quit the game and start over. <laughs> I was like, that's what we used to do when we played you video games. You know who else did that? Who was kind of like rocking that sore loser energy uh, that surprised me was Tony. Was he doing that too? Was me, Tony was in last place on that one game we play and he just decided he was going to quit the game. He yeah. just, him and my mom both actually just decided they were going to dick around. Come on, Tony, rally up. <laughs> yeah, see a third of the end. Well, the, when we were kids, we, I don't think you you can play video games this way now, but it used to be like if I want, we used to play this game called World Series '96. It was just a baseball game, but I was a big Mo Vaughn fan, Boston Red Sox. Shout out! And if I wasn't winning fifty nothing, like in the ninth inning, I could just turn the game off and it would delete Rude. the whole. So you Dave, could just, come on, tell me you didn't act like that. Well, I did it because I wanted the stats for Mo Vaughn to be really good. It's kind of like as a Tom Brady fan now, I don't care that he's not with the Patriots but anymore. It, I just want him to score touchdowns. Yourself? Well, no, you don't play against yourself, but you can play against a computer or against somebody else, you know. But so then you, <laughs> you'd hit one button, and next thing you know, you hit a 500-foot home run. It, it was like an NBA jam. It wasn't exactly the, the most skilled game, you know. You're, I, was, I, was, I was 11. What do you want from me? Yeah, you'd turn. You'd get ready for the game to be over, and then it, you just, you know, you just <laughs> unplug it. I wish you could unplug 2020. Wouldn't that be nice? 2020 <laughs> is a weird year. We're just going to unplug it and blow Let's on. factory reset. And then you'd have to blow on the cartridge like the old Nintendo games. If anyone's listening who's in their early 20s and you don't know what I'm talking about, fuck you and your young lack of crow's feet face, <laughs> okay? <laughs> fuck you. Because when I had video games, you had to blow on them. This is what the sound... Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, you know N- Nintendo? Yeah, the little cartridge. <laughs> you had to go from left to right. <laughs> and then if you didn't get it right, you do it this way. <laughs> you had like specific ways you'd have to go. And then, of course, my Nintendo cartridge uh, was messed up because I tried to put Play-Doh on it to get an imprint of it. And that Play-Doh, Play-Doh hardened, so I could never make a left turn anymore. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? I was 10. Come Respect on. Respect your stuff. Live a little. I was trying to I was trying to make a mold, uh, Power Ranger style. Who knew how this would be as nostalgic as we get? But we find ourselves. Okay, well, we have to go back. So we went to Michigan. Took a rental car, drove it to Michigan, and then in Michigan, I think we, I think we alluded to this on the last episode, or maybe we didn't. But we previewed. Tasha it, was invited, asked, demanded to marry Ben and Sarah Ann. Tasha was asked to become a ordained minister. Yes, ma'am. And 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 what did she say? She just texted you. Was it a phone call or a text? No, she called me. And oh, that's me. very polite. You can't find an excuse. If you want someone to do something, you call them up and surprise them because they haven't been able to think of an excuse why they can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of uh, stunned when she asked me, but of course I said yes and was happy to help however they needed me to. 
So, uh, yeah, I got ordained and I'm officially an ordained minister. So if any of our listeners are trying to get quickie COVID married, let me know. Maybe I'll we hook you up. We should have a uh, Patreon level for people. To hire me to marry yeah. them. <laughs> for a hundred bucks, Tasha will come fly to you. Honey, I'll eat the dis- bucks. I'll cut your cake. <laughs> you don't want to get dirty? You're, uh, you're, no, I think uh, your we, bride we need to price ourselves a little higher, babe. Smear her chocolate cake on my face. It was good. I mean, look, we know Ben and Sarian very well. We talk about them all the time. They're a very sweet couple. Uh, Sarian's family is cute, top to bottom. Top to bottom, they're just adorable. They got a lake house in Michigan. I've never been to Michigan before, so it was great getting out to Michigan. And again, they were also very respectful with their social distancing. And um, we, um, you know, all very small wedding. We all had our own table. The wedding was was fantastic. This is what was sad. This is what's so sad about this year, is that. They be they literally only had sixteen people at the wedding, so everyone had their own table in a giant. Like if this wasn't a pandemic, you would think this was the saddest wedding of all time. But it's actually the most joyous because look at how her whole family and friends we all came together and made this wedding happen despite all of the challenges. It's a beautiful wedding. It actually is that much more meaningful, I'd say that we were able to have friends and family come together to celebrate. And it's interesting going to like the Midwest and seeing people with such normal lifestyles. It is such a, it is such a, um, refresher, uh, yeah, refresher, but also just a culture shock to see someone like my own age who owns his own barn. And it's just so different, you know, uh, that you can buy a house for a hundred thousand dollars or you can well, do not anymore really no but, but like you can you know we you know when we went out to detroit people they're they're buying houses for a thousand dollars at auction sure they're you know drug dens that they're probably gonna get shot after but you know you get what you pay for but yeah it's just it was just it was interesting you know we're looking at one guy's trail you know sarian's brother's trail cam footage of of all the you know bucks that are walking by it's like we don't get bucks that walk by it's just very interesting but then um it all culminated with our stay here in uh massachusetts for my family's little family reunion get together i think it's about 19 of us before we before we move on to that can we do a a thought exercise quickly sure because you said we don't have bucks walking by but if you could Pick and choose. Design your own life. There's a mosquito, folks. You got off spray right here. I bought this expensive off spray, and she's trying to clap at mosquitoes. The microphones. Did you hear it, every folks? She just killed some. All right, we just <laughs> just spraying her off. Gentlemen, let me tell you something. You're gonna take your lady into the woods. You better you better bring off. You gotta bring off. Oh, I just got some on my tongue. Can, can you not ruin the podcast? We're 11 minutes in and you... And Come on, we're in a gazebo. All right, You just started talking are. like me. You did that raspy gazebo. All right, tell Whatever. your story. You're Do your thought exercise. Over. All right, the thought Miss exercise Mosquito. is... Well, maybe we should have a template for this first, but... Motherfucker. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't get mosquitoes on the rooftop in California. No, <laughs> no mosquitoes in Los Angeles, which is honestly there, like its best mark. There haven't okay. been many mosquitoes here. Let's design our life. Let's pick the top 10 things that we want in a life. City versus country versus in between. Well, first of all, let's say this. I don't want 
the life that we like we just came from my uncles who lives so deep into the woods of western mass that they don't have a neighbor they've got nothing i don't want no that. they have everything they have a garden they're set up to go they have their you're water from a me, well you're t- telling me like sure that's great uh, there's a uh, i like to get a good retreat but you're telling me you wouldn't go nuts like i think you undervalue you've lived in a city your whole adult life do you think I couldn't hack it in the woods? I'm not saying you couldn't hack it. I think the thing, but whenever that you, no, 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 you ruminate in your thoughts. So if you get out there in the woods with your thoughts, first of all, we've been podcasting for 11 minutes. You're having a you're having a conniption over the mosquito, the one mosquito. You've drowned it in off. We'll grow a lot of lemongrass on our <laughs> property, and we'll put a few bat houses up, so we'll be fine. The the world I'm is open. You you're underestimating the amount of like work required to live rurally. It's a lot of work. There's lots to be done always. So I think that keeps you from ruminating. That keeps you from your thoughts. Yeah, and I like that my uncle, like they got retired. So they moved to a place where they're nonstop gardening and looking at beavers or whatever they're doing out there, building dams. Like I get it. I don't know. There's, there's, there is something that's like there is a creative energy to being in like solitude, but there's also a creative. Right? The transcendentalism. Transcendentalism. Yeah, transcendentalism. You get stuck in the woods all winter like Henry David Thoreau. You come out with a couple good ideas. I totally get that. You know, but also there's something to be said about living in a city with movers and shakers and young energy. There's something that I love about young energy, young, hopeful energy that. I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. That's the first. Uh, but here here's where you're. I think my experience has changed from my 20s into my 30s. Whoa, don't bleep out your age there. <laughs> what the fuck? What's the time? Oh, no, What's no, you're time? keeping that. 20, th- 13 minutes. 13 minutes. All right, 13, 15. Now that you're 40, what does you feel like? <laughs> um, in New York, I really thrived on that city energy. There's something about that like high frequency buzzing. Everybody's on the grind. Everybody's a go-getter out every single day, pounding the pavement, making stuff happen. In Los Angeles, while I think there's a bit of that, it, for me, it gets lost in translation. It really isn't as powerful of a motivator as it was for me living in New York. And I don't know if that's an age thing because 10 years have passed or if it's a city thing. I can tell but you what it is. Los Angeles doesn't inspire me the way New York did. But New York I, really I, inspired me. Can I tell me. you why? No. Shh. Can I tell you now? Sure. In New York, the energy passively smacks you across the face. And in L.A., you have to find it. So in New York, you were actively getting your meditation by riding the subway, popping up, doing things on foot. In L.A., you have to find that walk around the block. You have to find that that thing to do. While I think there's something to that, my argument would be, why would I put myself in a situation where it's harder for me to find inspiration rather than put myself in a situation where inspiration comes easily. Where does inspiration come easily? I really find myself inspired by nature. I find myself these days overwhelmed by the city, annoyed by the city, um, frustrated by the city. And 
you know, I'm not saying that like the smartest thing to do whenever you face challenges is to uproot your life, but I do think you need to set yourself up for success by knowing here's my strength, here's my weakness. Can I put myself in a position where my strengths will be really highlighted and my weaknesses won't matter? Okay, I see that. I also think, you know, when it comes down to, uh, you know, like we were talking, we always talk about the war of art, but the idea that you, you know, finding your inspiration. Yeah. Like when I lived in New York, I would find it on the subway because I would spend a lot of time on the subway. I live in Harlem. When you live uptown, you spend a lot of time on the subway. Would that, would I feel as much motivation now that they have cell phone usage in the subway? Probably not. Yeah, you know, because like you wouldn't have those blank moments, which is on me and it's on me. And I know everyone's listening to this podcast, but sometimes when I like over listen to podcasts, I have to turn that side of my brain off because that's just as bad as being a couch potato. I'm We've just talked like, about how like it's a phenomenon that is the same for everyone that you get your best ideas in the shower, right? Because that's literally the only time, unless you're one of those psychopaths with a pocket in your, uh, the shower curtains that come with a pocket for an iPad. Have you seen those? No, but that's actually a good idea, but that's a horrible, that's horrible for your brain. Um, but yeah, so don't be one of those people, but, uh, but you, when you, you, when you put yourself in silence and solitude, sometimes that happens in the car. If you don't have a podcast on or you don't have the radio on a lot of times that happens in the shower because most people aren't listening to things that are distracting in the shower right, and so then they, it allows their brain to like, you know, put out those creative feelers. So naturally people find their and i guess this topic we're having now is about finding your creativity by the way now that we podcast outdoors we always mention when the sun's setting so we have a beautiful gorgeous sun setting over the berkshire mountains right now uh just letting everyone know as we feel that gratitude and that grateful energy we shared with all of you now (laughs) <laughs> that was a good little moment there. That was I a noticed good with uh, I noticed uh, on our episode with David Luno that he did a good job of of um, digesting the sunset with us. I watched it back when I was editing the video, which is on my YouTube. Everybody, go to the YouTube to watch these videos, which I think are coming out very well. And he just like sat there and he and he enjoyed it with us, which is something we always kind of have said we've we've kind of been saying this sort of as a joke to be like all right now we're watching the sunset but it's our reminder that the world revolves <laughs> with or without our um, approval and to just enjoy life that comes with us and goes and that's what we're doing here on vacation but uh, it's uh, a practice but, to be present in the present moment so some people you know, they go, oh, I get all my inspiration when I go to the gym or I get my inspiration when I go for a run. You like naturally stumble upon the ways of which you get your inspiration, which let's call that alchemy, which, you know, traditionally is is the, the myth on how to create gold, you know, out of nothing or whatever. I'm, I'm probably butchering it. But that's what alchemy was. It was like, how can you create gold from nothing? And it's like, how can you create, whether it's podcasting, writing a script, uh, uh Keeping just keeping your head straight. How can you do that from nothing? Well, you have to create the space in your life, and sometimes that means, you know, if someone's got if someone's got a very regimented work schedule, well, that nine to five, when you're driving to work, put on a new record you've never heard or so, do something that can create the space for you to live in that moment versus just listening to some you know AM radio that might scare you or whatever it is. Put on 
create the world that gives you the space to let your mind flow. One of the best parts about this vacation, I think there's a million different things. One of the greatest parts about this trip is being reminded uh, by all of the young, we have about nine kids on this trip that are under the age of eight. And don't get me wrong, they're wildly insane. They are nut jobs. They're running up and down the halls like maniacs. I feel I apologize for any families that stayed on floor four. <laughs> <laughs> or three. <laughs> or three. Yeah. Or two or yeah, one. Three was probably the worst. If you had, we had a tap dancing a competition. There was a lot going on there. But um, <laughs> They sound like uh, when the T-Rex chases the uh, car. <laughs> like the walls just yeah, vibrate. Yeah, the coffee just doosh. <laughs> doosh. No, not no, at all. No, it's not. Yeah, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good dinner. <laughs> um, uh, that was very nice of them. Uh, yeah, but the, the, the kids, it's it's good to see not a worry in the world. And you know what's funny? We went on an alpine, we went on an alpine slide, right? So we went um, <laughs> we went up the mountain. Of course, we're at like a ski resort. So there's, there's all these like sort of like slalom courses for people to do on their carts or whatever. And Summertime three, activity. so there's 19 of us. The three oldest men didn't want to go on it. I'm not including me because uh, they're the Brandon and Luke and then Sean, right? So the dads, the dads and the grandfather were like, hey, yeah, you, all, you all go. We don't need to go. We'll just hold the fort. And I was like, no, you idiots. You got to go on the slalom. And then they and then they went up. So they well, all... they were holding the littlest babies that were too young to ride yeah. for the first pass. So they went up last and they had a blast and they got to be kids again because i don't care how old you are or what's wrong with your knees or if your mortgage is too high or your taxes stink or your neighbor sucks if you're going down these little slalom cart races down a mountain you're, you're having a good time it's almost like tasha <laughs> tasha thought she got uh she was she, she was like i yeah midway through our trip she goes i think i got the covid she's like I'm a, my throat's really sore i can't no, barely it wasn't sore it was itchy she was like, it my, was like allergies Allergies, but I don't know. What she was the like, uh, are. she was like, my throat. I got allergies. And I was nauseous. My throat's issue. So I showed her a GoPro video of the day before riding a tubing on a boat. <laughs> the whole video is this sound. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, your throat's itchy because you yelled all day, <laughs> preacher. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's um there's a reminder when you go when you travel with your family. Like we've got. Two of my sisters both have four kids. One has three boys and a girl. One has three girls and a boy. And then, and then my my younger brother. And there's, it, it, it's so great to travel because you've have you traveled like have you ever done a trip like this with so many kids? This was like excessive. I haven't done a trip like that with so many kids since I was one of the kids. But even then, we never had that many kids together on a trip. The best part was one, <laughs> one kid threw slept water onto another kid and then that kid's mom slapped water back to this other child and i'm like it was my sister and i go you can't do that you can't slap water onto another parent's kid, kid. <laughs> that's not even your kid she goes she did it first i was like gandhi an an eye for an eye you can't do that she goes yeah, when, you don't have kids so you don't know i hate i hate the idea that if you don't have kids you, you don't know if you're how to be a piece of shit or not <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in the in 2020, you do you do slap a, another person's kid. Spanking <laughs> goes in and out of fashion, I guess. I I would be I would 
the hardest part I would think of of raising a kid is yeah not dealing with an, if another if another parents doesn't raise a, a, a nice kid you can't do much about that you have to let your kid you know, deal with the the what's asshole interesting kid is I think that communities um, family units are changing. Right. There is some evidence to suggest that multi-generational households are coming back into fashion more than they used to be. And that collective living, community living is coming back into fashion more than it used to be, where you might have not necessarily on like a compound, but maybe that's the situation. But there are they are building like communal housing where like you might have, you know, separate apartments for eight families, but one shared outdoor space, one shared, um, you know, like living space and a shared kitchen. And in these communities, the families all help each other raise their kids. So I think that. It may become in the near future more socially acceptable to help parent other people's children because everyone does have a different parenting style. But can you imagine if you had like if your parents didn't spank you, but you had an uncle that spanked? Yeah, you would probably be a, a little bit on your toes in front of that. Scared uncle, of that right? uncle with a nice that, uh, you know, hot topic belt. <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, it. I think it takes it takes a, a very enlightened person to look at their parenting style and 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 consider. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's look, it's got to be tough. Like we, you know, we've got a dog. There's no comparison. Our dog cries all night, but it's like we can let him cry all night. We're not going to damage him for the next seventy five years. <laughs> like if you were to say, you know, I used to be like, oh, you you let your kid cry itself to sleep, and it's like, well, that's why we have a weighted blanket now, mom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like things change. You know, and it's you only know what you know. And but by the way, I don't want to get into this too deep. But when you speak about, when you when you speak about things change, leaving Los Angeles and coming home to my conservative parents was is eye-opening they've talked i've seen other people talk about this how like they look that they you know they'll visit their parents after a little ways away and that now their parents are sort of like uh, radicalized i don't want to call my parents radicalized but i want to be more empathetic to the news they consume they've i've i've never been so happy for them for um, their business has been successful. They, they're like approaching retirement in a very much like in control way. Um, you know, my stepdad's, he's created a business. He's had it taken away from him. He's at bankruptcy and he's back and it's now, you know, we had to go film something with them and they have 27 employees that, you know, they keep, you know, there's a, there's a big ripple effect. And beyond that, they have their health. They're doing very well. Right. My mom's lost 50 pounds next phase of their life with security and confidence it's so great to see that they're like weighing their meals and really enlightening themselves to like getting better because you know like my mom she does like basically a 12-step program for eating which i've always been because i have a sugar addiction and i have to really get back on the horse when we get back to LA. I'll give myself one day. One day, the day um, we... Thai food. Ta- Tasha likes Thai food on a flying or day. Or Chinese. Or Chinese. She likes a lot of rice on a, on a flying day. I'll give you that. But then after that, I'm going hardcore 
Skinny Dave's coming back because it's been a tough couple of weeks. Ever since I, uh, I don't know if you heard, but I, uh, I don't know if you heard on my, every episode. My finger knuckle, my finger month. knuckle. But honestly, that the day I, I, I got stitches, I st- we went to Trader Joe's and we got ice cream and pizza, and I've just kind of let myself go back you to spiral. I'm not as bad as the worst of the winter, you know. But I'm, but I'm anyway. So I'm working on it. But it, it's really good to see my parents get their health back in order because my stepdad had a really bad scare last year with a lung issue to the point where like you know i'm getting a phone call from my mom and you could tell she has no one to talk to she's trying to run their business and then she's also sort of like ready to you know she barely it's weird it's scary when your parents i don't know if you've had this tasha but it's scary when your parents call you for like emotional support because they're supposed to have their shit together. So when they call you, it it's almost like a crack in the system. But it's all go, relative, right? Because we're supposed to have our shit have together ever, too because have, we're adults. Have you ever had your parents e- either or call you for like help or just someone to talk to in a very tough situation? It really is scary. And yeah. that's, that's, I mean, it's a start to what will be your parents approaching the and like you know the the latter part of their life and we're supposed to have our shit together and maybe we do to an extent uh, you know like maybe we do know things and think of a think a way that they don't and can help them but for my mom she just had the weight of the world on her shoulders but she overcame it and they've lost a lot of weight i mean they really have she's lost a whole i mean boone is a our dog is heavy my mom lost all of that and i never i knew my mom was big but i didn't feel like she was that big but she's looking great she wants photos taken she's in the pool swimming with her grandkids i floored floored Uh, so much gratitude i wouldn't bring this up to bring the energy down other than to say as a cautionary tale i regret even discussing anything political with them because i don't think it made a grain of a difference and it scares me how easily you can be indoctrined into f- a fear mentality. And I, I don't have a sort of a, a, a thesis for how people should act around their family if you have different political views other than to just avoid it. But my stepdad, he, he'll insert wildly inaccurate things into daily moments. Wildly inaccurate. Not, not a dumb guy. He's not college educated, but he's been a business owner his whole life. But there's something that doesn't, there's something about not having critical thinking that a, 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 that is more so in the older generation that, that, that you cannot tell them new information and change their mind to an extent. I wonder if it's one of those things that, you know, you just fall out of practice in the same way that you fall out of shape with exercise, you know, when you are going through your life running your business is kind of the same stuff that you have to do all day every day and they could probably do any number of the things that they do completely in their sleep but when it becomes so automated like that the same things very repetitive you're not stretching your mind so basically they they'll just take whatever they hear as fact when it comes to a lot of fake news and um heightened news when it comes to the fear mentality. And I know people, I know that our Patreon listeners heard me do like an hour long episode about this fight I got in with my mom last month. But, but after the episode, I called my mom and we had a nice long conversation and we sort of, you know, got over it all, but it didn't change that. I think the, the critical thinking aspect of what, you know, but like take my stepdad, he's got what I would consider some radical right wing 
thoughts, but he's just a mirror to the things he, it just bounces off what he, it's, it's like if you hear, if you say, if you listen to sports talk radio all day and someone's like, what do you think of Tom Brady? Oh, he's going to fit in well with the new system. He's got extra weapons. You just start repeating everything you heard. Like that's all, that's all we, that's all we do. We're so highly um, empathic in that way as humans that we start sounding like the people we w- we're with are, you know, y- the Madonna moves to England and she starts sounding British. That's how you are with certain talk radio. And, and he doesn't need to go, he's got a job and a life, so he doesn't go the extra mile doing his research. He's not on Facebook. So when he hears something and he goes, well, you know, all lives matter, you go, you go, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, you're just like, I'm not even going to argue with you because... We, I don't expect my audience to agree with everything. I don't expect our audience to agree with everything we're saying about like certain issues. But when it comes down to it, I think there's been a lot of discussions that have been had where like the, the, the most of society has agreed about certain things. And like, it's simple to say that the black lives matter movement is about supporting how a lot of black people are targeted, not just shot by police, but just targeted in their everyday life, uh, you know, walked around in stores and this and that and socioeconomic issues. So it's very specifically about that. So when someone, so when you relate to someone and they go, well, all lives matter, it's like, it's like, well, when you support breast cancer awareness, you're not saying all cancer matters. You're just addressing breast cancer awareness. So I hope that makes sense for our basic definition of why all lives matter kind of takes away from what other people want. But with someone like my stepdad, not a mean bone in his body. He really doesn't have a mean bone in his body, but he doesn't he doesn't live out these Facebook comments of like the counter arguments. So when he thinks like Planned Parenthood's the devil and they sell aborted fetuses, that's... <laughs> You gonna do? You can't argue it. You gotta block their news station, honey. You gotta get your hands on the remote and just block that. Channel. That's why I wanna. And I I'm said this as a status it. update, and I, I said it, and it got no traction because I asked people to reshare it. So Facebook shut it down. But I said I should start a podcast called the Camo Hour. So every episode starts with why you should be pro-life. Uh, the top 10 reasons you should be pro-life. And then it systematically breaks it apart so that by the end of the, and I got you got to do it like in a nice, very strategic, uh, the top 10 reasons why you want to be pro-life. We're going to start with number one. And then you slowly break it down. And by then you're like, I guess we're pro-choice because you know, women should control their own body. And that sounds pretty right. And if you want to be, if you don't want to get an abortion, that's your choice not to. And that's a great, you know, like you use the camera wire. So you, you camouflage rational thinking into uh, hotbed issues. I don't know if this makes sense. I know I sometimes I speak and I think of um uh a few of our listeners that I know are completely against the the, the political talk that we do. So um a shout out to Rayanne in Minnesota. <laughs> we thank you for listening. I hope you're still with us and I know that everyone's sort of um information they gets different, but um we're fighting for you and we want everyone to just be happy. And I was telling that to my younger brother when we when he like he was kind of sitting in between us arguing on the first night about politics around this nice new outdoor fireplace that my family got. And uh I was telling them afterwards like look, I just don't want you to be ruled by fear. And again, fear fear comes from all sides of the media. They just kind of want to control you by fear because blood, what do they say if it bleeds it leads. And that's unfortunately not how I think podcasting works, but that's how like the traditional media works. And I think, I think our generation is moving towards long form conversations about interesting topics that aren't always cut or dry. 
and but are nuanced. A lot of things are nuanced. But the thing that I get the I told my mom this because you know I caught I heard her in the other room you know b- before you know I heard her in the other room listening to some wildly inaccurate I wasn't trying to interrupt whatever media she was getting but it was wildly inaccurate just wild and I immediately was like hey look here's the deal with this and like started to talk to her and she was like why do you come in here and just you know I try to get news media from all sides and that's when I was kind of like this is futile like I should just appreciate my family for the loving people that they are and know that whatever what like like a moth that are attracted to a light there's just they are attracted to this fear monkering news I don't know what it is but it's that law and order culture you just want to see someone get assaulted and and find out that the perpetrator got convicted at the end you just want a happy story I don't know but someone posted that it was funny that like Trump was like his uh, RNC speech was him basically saying that he was the only solution to the problems he created. <laughs> He's like, I will save you from the last four years. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, but my family is very, my mom's very spiritual and she showed me this today and I wanted to read it with you. I know we talked about it a little earlier. She has this little booklet. I'm whipping it out if anyone's on the YouTube. She's got this little booklet called The Golden Book by Dale Carnegie. And it's, um, you know, he wrote um, How to Win Friends and Influence People and How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And it's so important. I mean, these really are daily practices, but can we just go over a few? Sure. I feel like this would be fun to do. Um, how to become a friendlier person. This is an interesting one. I could use this. So so let's go through this. How to become a friendlier person. We're going to violate every single one of these rules, but it's good to know. I read some of these this morning, so I'm going to... Z- check myself and see if I put any of these things in practice. All right, Dale Carnegie's uh, nine tips on how to become a friendlier person. Number one, don't criticize, condemn, or complain. Mm, I'm a complainer. Number two, give honest, sincere appreciation. Oh, that's a great one. Appreciation. I would love to give more appreciation tonight as it's our last night to my parents. I'd love yeah, to give them more appreciation. That, uh, a goal. Number three, arouse in the other person an eager want. You want to break that down for me? Arouse in the other person an eager want. I think... What the um, hell does that mean? Well, arouse is like excite. So... (laughs) Arouse in another person. There was one on there that was like... beautifully written. I don't know what it means. Maybe it's on the next page, but it's like get people, the person you're talking to, ask them what they're excited about. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. so becoming genuinely, so, so the, the next one kind of helps that becoming genuinely, number four, become genuinely interested in other people. And number five is smile. So, so first of all, smiling is amazing. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you don't have problems. It doesn't mean you're not going through rough times, but it's letting a smile is a communication to the other person that this moment we're, we're safe. Mm-hmm. We're okay. And I think that's a very beautiful thing to do. And behind your masks, you got to smile even bigger. You got to wrinkle the corners of your eyes to let other people know, know that so you hard. are safe. It's so hard person. with that. Isn't that what's crazy about? We're so all many, gonna have extra deep crow's feet. Those of us yeah. who were alive in 2020. So many simple. By the way, the solar lights are coming on right now. We've got lights around this. Uh, um, what's gazebo? this called? The gazebo, solar-powered lights. Um, yeah, that's smiling. It's interesting in 2020 that part of like yelling at people in Trader Joe's, you don't, you're not seeing each other's faces. It's the same BS that leads to like Facebook fighting. You don't see the other, the other human, you know? And that's so important to like see the other human you're talking to and connect. And when it comes to the nine tips for becoming a friendlier person, smile, I mean, that's the common denominator. 
It really is. Number six, remember that a person's name is to him or her the sweetest and most important sound in any language. This is what you've been saying lately, that I, you say that I say your name in a mean way. That's right, Tasha. More than I say it in a Guys, nice listen. way. Guys, listen. Tasha, all day long, hey, babe, how you doing, sugar? How you doing, baby? Hey, boo-boo, what's going on? And then the sex, she's like, Dave, why is the seat up? <laughs> it's like, whoa, don't hard D me. No, you actually end it with Dave. You go, you, you go, you know, you always do this, Dave. <laughs> Whoa, don't weapon. And my thing was, don't weaponize my name. So I told you, you have to say, I love you, Dave, 10 times to get it, you know, to, to even it out. There is something beautiful about saying somebody's name. And I want to repeat that one more but time. But you never say my name. Listen, Tasha, remember that a person's name is to him or her the sweetest and most important sound in any language. Don't ever say my name next to listen. Rule number one. <laughs> Scratch that out and don't say, never say your wife's name next to but isn't that beautiful tasha isn't that beautiful that when you say somebody's name you are letting them know that you know you know them and you're connecting specifically to them it was kind of hard for me it's gonna sound crazy but i have some nieces and nephews i had to consistently remember which one i was talking to you know, they would say like, oh, you forget all of them, blah, blah, blah. You know, well, I really was like, is that Benjamin or Connor? Because I was so afraid to call them the wrong name. My grandfather, you know, I've, I've only, I haven't had a good relationship with him. He's kind of has been an alcoholic recluse, uh, which, you know, I've, you know, that's how it's always been. But um, I remember once he called me Timmy because my cousin's Timmy. And I had grown through puberty, so he hadn't seen me in a couple of years since I probably grew a foot. But it's in as, as, as codependent as I am to not want the other person to like feel bad, I just shrugged it off and it, and it was fine, but it's like, you know, that wasn't me. You didn't know who you were, who I, you don't know who I am, you know, we're blood. So it was very important to me to be like Benjamin, Benjamin, Benjamin versus like just slipping up and saying the wrong one because I am just visiting the, for the only time this year. So I just didn't want to mess that up. But obviously the, you know, this, um, you know, Dale Carnegie, uh, the, he was kind of more of a, a lot of business minded people would read this. So when you meet someone new to say their name multiple times and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's important. It's helpful. And, and, uh, a lot of times you're racing to say the next thing. Like when I, whenever you meet someone, you're single, you meet someone at the bar, you gotta be like, you gotta like text your buddy and be like, dude, I need to get to the bar and find out if her name's Rebecca or Stacy. <laughs> cause you were, cause you met her, but you were too busy worrying about the next thing you're going to say. So you're like, you're three hours into the conversation being like, uh, uh, th- do you have a weird looking driver's license photo? And she's like, no. And you're like, prove it. And then she shows <laughs> you and say, Oh, it's Stacy. I knew you did. That's a good way to do it. That's a really good way to do it. So if anyone doesn't know the name of their uh, Clever. chick they're trying to bang, just ask her what her driver license photo looks like. Um, be a good listener. Encourage others to talk about themselves. Number eight, talk in terms of the other person's interest. I think that's what the excite and arouse was all about. Yeah. Yeah. Get them talking about something they're excited about. And that's the same way when it comes to like first dates or whatever. It's like get the other person which is hard because i get so excited about what i'm doing in my life well you are excited about things that you're passionate about and things that you know right and you only know what you know you don't know what they know so sometimes you know sometimes people are uh, great at directing and steering a conversation and making it two-way and sometimes they're not so, so should i send this one to your mom talk yeah. in terms of the other person's interests 
Guys, our last Patreon episode, we, we went really deep into how I'll just how Dave I'll, has issues. I'll, I'll say, yeah, I have, I have issues for sure. My my grandfather didn't know who I was. <laughs> That's what it all starts with. My dad abandoned me. My mom left him. It's a whole thing, guys. But uh, here we are in a pergola or something. What is this? A gazebo. What's the difference between a pergola and a gazebo? That's I don't know. Different. Anyway, um, I'm just going to tease the Patreon episode. I really enjoyed it. We were driving the Ford Fiesta um, up, to, uh, up to Michigan. Yeah, from Kentucky to michigan and we talked about how it's funny that tasha's mom was more excited to talk to uh tasha's sister's uh, fiance because he's becoming a doctor and she's a pharmacist so they they can talk medical things together but no one asked me like anything about stand-up and all i want is people to ask me about like what made you write that joke and i'd be like well you got an hour <laughs> like i just want to tell a story but you gotta understand that my mom also has an interest in medicine, so it's an easy thing for her to talk about. But it's if she applied number talk. eight, talk in terms of the other person's interest. You know what? I'm going to apply difficult. number eight. I'm going to learn some weird pharmacy stuff and talk to your mom about it. Yeah, you should research like a dozen. <laughs> like you should read the pharmaceutical journals <laughs> before we go home. How funny would that be? That would be hysterical. I'm like, hey, Jeannie, did you hear about this new thing in trial? She's like... <laughs> I have. <laughs> well, sit down because I got some news for you. <laughs> What's funny is that your mom actually did mention she started watching some of our YouTube videos. So, and then I was like, "Oh boy!" So I I'll know. Censor. So I'll know if she's actually watching past minute forty-four. <laughs> if she's like, "So, Dave, how did you get into stand-up?" I'd be like, "Jeannie." Let's make some, uh, you know, uh, hard iced teas and have a fun night together. <laughs> the last one, number nine, make the other person feel important and do it sincerely. This is very valuable, guys. And all these tips, they, they sort of sound like pandering to the other person. But what you're doing is you're... You're allowing the person that you're interacting with a safe space. To feel to good. Fly free, you know, to like let their freak flag fly. And what I love is that, you know, I love that my mom keeps this on her because we're, none of us are perfect. We've all got our demons and, you know, my mom in the end wants what's best for her kids. She wants to know she did a good job. And I think with my sister and I, you know, she had us with her first husband, left him. He has since passed away, uh, my father. And I think my mom just wants to not feel like she failed us, which of course she did it. She's been a great mom. And I have to remind her that. And that's what I told her. Like last time we got in a fight, I was like, mom, you've been a great mom. Like I get all of my spirituality, like my, my, all of my spiritual curiosities from her. And I said, I get it from you. And she did. And, and she like very nicely rolled her eyes. Like she did this. She was like, Oh, okay. Like I was like, no, look at me. She rolled her eyes away. I go, look at me. I'm complimenting you. You need to take it. And I made her just absorb it. And it was just a fun moment, but I like called her out on it to like, no, 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 you don't get to just yeah. No, no, really mom. I mean it. You, you carry a Dale Carnegie note, like, four page like old ass this is like from the 80s it's this old little thing i'll have to take some photos of the other things in them but she cares so it says there's a thing on tips be for becoming a friendlier person um how to win people to your way of thinking which you know i'd love to win people over to the patreon if they want to go <laughs> i'll just do one for that one so let's do pick number five. Oh no number 14 is my lucky number get the other person saying yes yes immediately so do you guys love living Yes. Do you want to be uh, uh, supporting our Patreon? <laughs> yes. Okay, there it is. Three times. Yes, do, yes, yes. Do you like... Do you love our podcast? 
Yes. All right, good. So, and then principles from how to stop worrying and start living. Um, let's let's just go through this, right? This is fine. This is fun. We'll do like 10 more minutes of this. Yeah, do a little chit-chat. All right, because it's getting dark here. If anyone's watching on the YouTube, we'll boost the brightness as much as possible. But all you can see is a silhouette of a <laughs> mosquito trying to sting Tasha's forehead. <laughs> it's great. Um, fundament- and by the way, this would be... I'd be completely fine if this was the last episode. Like if I, if I were to uh, crash on a plane tomorrow, I'm Wait, just, why would you even say that? I'm just saying, do I got to hit the wood? Hit the wood. All right. I just hit the wood. I'm just saying, you know, if this is the way it goes, I hope that people will smile more. This will be my thing. Just smile more. I know women hate to hear that. Hey honey, just smile more. Well, you know, smile more to the people that aren't catcalling you on the street. Uh, fundamental principles for overcoming worry. Sorry if I read this slow. It's pitch black. <laughs> Number one, there's only three. Let's do them. Number one, live in day tight compartments. What the hell does that mean? So take it one day at a time. That's what that means. Oh, I was like <laughs> a studio space. Day tight. I had no idea what that meant. Day tight compartments. So don't, Worry you know, set, set a big picture, but don't think in, in, you know, you know, Wayne Dyer, a lot of, a lot of gurus would say this. Don't like um, worry about time limits, time constraints for your goals because they can come faster than you would think or they could come at it in, a, in a, another back, backwards way. So if, if you want to own a home by you know, the end of 2021, great, do everything you can, but live in the moment. Don't, don't when things come up, just start hating. I know Tasha, this, I think this one's a tough one for you. Because, you know, you'll see someone, you know, bu- buys a barn and, uh, you know, and goes on hunting trips and you'll be like, why the fuck don't we do that? And it's like, okay, well, you start the travel blog. We are travels.com We're starting, you know, like a lot of gears have been put into motion and we're building that, that world. And we just have to keep that appreciation, that gratitude open and not let that stress and worry get in the way. Because I really don't think we can, we can present, um, the desire for these things while we worry you know mm-hmm. it's always like it's you're just, blocked by it really is blocked worry worrisome energy. blocks the acceptance in this space for more and so that's what we look forward to having and you know it's because we're really close that i can say that about you because i know you'll tell me when you think one of these is my blockage yeah you know I'm not fighting you on this. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, but uh, I'm not worried about that. But they do say that sometimes your soulmate is not somebody that um, agrees with you on everything. Didn't you say this in your wedding yes, sermon? Yes, I did say Do you remember what the line was? Boy, it would be great People if you could tell us. think our soulmate is a perfect match, and that's what everyone wants. But a true soulmate is a mirror, someone that shows you how to be your best self basically that's a summary that's and sometimes when and they verbatim. and they show you what how to be what you are meant to be to encourage you to become your best self yes and it's easy for your soulmate to see your blockages or short your speed bumps that are just like you know you're so much more on on your right path and you're doing so many great things but sometimes you know in yourself you just think of all the negative and that's what worrying is it's worrying about like worst case scenarios versus just living in the moment and luckily i think acknowledging that is one of the greatest steps to overcoming it um number two fundamental principles for overcoming worry how to face trouble this is a a b and c a, ask yourself, what is, what is the worst that can possibly happen? B, prepare to accept the worst. And C, try to improve on the worst. 
so that's if like you got some real shit going on but we don't really i don't know if that's you know you should hope for the best prepare for the worst that's right. a, a nice rule to live by hope for the best aspire for the best but prepare for the worst number three fundamental principles for overcoming worry remind yourself of the exorbitant price you pay, you can pay for worry in terms of your health oh yeah stress will like your your hair will fall out I mean, yep. think about the biological things that your body will do with stress. Now, I'm not a pharmacist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the hormone is that's released when you stress, but it is but not. stress lowers your immune system. You're right. Stress can make your hair fall out. Stress can make you sick. I told you that when you were worried, like, before we got our COVID test, which we have our next one scheduled in L.A., but we got one in Rhode Island. Tasha had a, you know, a Q-tip shoved through her brain. <laughs> we got it on the GoPro. <laughs> yeah, we need to put that in the uh, vlog, the East Coast uh, it'll vlog. Be on, it'll definitely be on the East Coast vlog. We'll maybe put it on the SAP's Instagram. But um, worrying about having COVID when you're just waiting on the results will literally can't help you but i wasn't worried after we had i know i know but um should we just get out of here we're at 52 minutes here we guys we're just uh, being we got a bunch of kids trying to break into our set here we got a real <laughs> set real so if i start whispering you know what how about how about this let's let's uh, so so basic techniques in analyzing worry um here we go I'll just let's barrel through this basic techniques in analyzing worry. Number one, get all the facts. I'm blocking myself from the GoPro, but I literally can't see here. Number Would one, would you get, like me to read it? No, no, no. I no. can practically read it. From no, here. I got this like one kilo. I have this one watt solar powered you know light. Your vision's no good in the dark. Uh, not good at all. Uh, and I don't worry about it. I accept it. <laughs> basic techniques in analyzing worry. One, get all the facts. Two, weigh all the facts, then come to a decision. Three, once a decision is reached, act. That's kind of like, like don't ruminate. Once you've got all your, your choices, stop ruminating and just make a decision. Absolutely. That's how I operate. Now, I'm not accusing you, Tasha. <laughs> Number four, write out and answer the following questions. What is the problem? What are the causes of the problem? What are the possible solutions? What is the best solution? Yeah, cause so much of worrying, like we've talked before on the perfection de- with the perfection detox, is ruminating the same thought over and over. What if this? I would what if this? What if this? Worrying happens most in limbo, or when some sort of situation or action specifically is outside of your control. Doesn't that make sense? For example, starting to feel itchy in my throat, feeling nauseous, and not being able to get a test well how about this the next day you know what you know it's you know what is the number one thing that's going to cause tasha courtney to to worry too much free time when you have a lot of free time you start thinking of all the shit that you're not doing when When you don't have free time i enjoy myself well yeah maybe for like a day but day two of free time tasha you go you start looking on tiktok which is all people's beautiful homes you know you do this you ruminate over like why don't we have what these other people have it's uh, too much free time. So anyway, the point is, break the worry habit before it breaks you. Number one, keep busy. Two, don't fuss about trifles. Three, use the law of averages to outlaw your worries. Hmm. Law of averages. Hmm. We'll have to look up some of this. Four, cooperate with the inevitable. Five, decide just how much anxiety a thing may be worth and refuse to give it more. Six, don't worry about the past. So decide how much anxiety you want to give something and don't give it more. So like if, if like you, you're allowed a healthy amount of worry. Yeah, I'm gonna panic you're a little bit. Allowed an actionable amount of worry. But then what's but you're not allowed once you've taken your action steps, right? Then it's time to clean your hands and let it go. Yeah. Right. Accept the inevitable. 
Be prepared to face the inevitable. But, but how Hope do you, for the best. Prepare for the worst. But what happens when I think you've ruminated too much or vice versa? Say it's my thing. What if? How do you tell me, all right, Dave, you know, you're in a cycle now. Because I would appreciate that. Am I allowed but, to say your name? You no. Know, <laughs> but, but you can be defensive. So if I'm like, oh, man, this fucking thing, like it's not taking off, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I do do this to you and you just don't no, but I'm saying anything well, I say. But sometimes like if someone's spinning out of control, like, uh, you know, you know, those uh, merry-go-rounds that spin. Mm-hmm. Do you just grab one of the poles and the thing stops? No. No, you start hitting people. You start slowing them down. So I feel like that's how you got to stop someone from spiraling uh, out of control. Their rumination. And I slap to be like, on the face. Well, just to say, what it, what's what's the issue? Like workshop. What's the issue? Okay, so yeah, I think workshopping it is a smart idea. And then you go, you okay. And if I go, steps. if I go, oh, I bombed. My stand-up set sucked. All these people are bit better than me. Go, okay. You don't think you don't think you did good tonight? No. Well, why don't why don't you make a hot tea and spend the next 30 minutes just free writing? Maybe you'll come up with some funny jokes then and go, yeah, that's a more productive use of my time than just complaining. So, you know, but anyway, I think, I think there's just examples for how we can sort of get out of each other's way. Um, let's jump to this. Don't worry about criticism. Remember that unique criticism is often a disguised compliment Two, do the very best you can. Three, analyze your own mistakes and criticize yourself. You know, that's why with the. Do you the, think we do a good job of that? Well, with the with the the with the clip that went viral, the Joey Diaz clip, you know, we got fifty five thousand views, we got sixteen hundred negative comments. Most people hated it. A couple hundred people thought it was okay. It wasn't our best content, so I, I that's why I wasn't proud of the fact that that's the thing that went. But also, we've we've committed to not quitting. So I just tell people that uh, a lot of people that post really shitty things on there, I go, you know what? That video was made like, you know, our eighth episode in a row of being quarantined in our studio apartment and it kind of sucked. So do us a favor and give us, give, you know, watch one of our rooftop episodes. I think we're bringing the fun back, but I think it was tough. You know, I think we've been committed to podcast recording when we're in great moods and sometimes it feels more like a chore, but in the end we always feel better afterwards. But I'm not talking about just professionally. I'm talking about personally. Do you think that we do a good job of evaluating ourselves and our behaviors and the places where we fall short and challenge ourselves to do better next time? Do you think we're introspective in that way enough? Um, I think I think I'm always going to want more. And I think that's part of critiquing yourself. Like whenever I cook dinner, I'm like, did you like it? Was this too salty? And I'm just always kind of being like, how can I make this better? And I think I, I do that with my creative life. We're getting some light now. Oh, nice. The uh, solar panels are kicking on um, just in time for the end of the episode. We're being overrun by people barbecuing. Um, I, I think I'm sensitive to criticism, but I listen to it. I do listen to it, but I'm sensitive because I'll put so much hard work into something and then you or someone no, else might be like... I'm not talking about criticism from others. I'm talking about criticism from ourselves. I I think I can be very harsh to myself. I think you're, you're pretty harsh to yourself too. In some... But like, why? What do you, what do you think? I don't know. I think... I mean, I'm not talking about specific. I'm not talking about anything professional. I'm talking about like personal like my I think that I am growing more by like taking a hard look in the mirror at some of my own personality traits some of my own quirks and being like does this serve me no is this the best I can be no you know I'm making action for sure change. yeah I know I know I've had a problem 
that I've in the last year or so I've noticed uh, that my ruminating is bad in that I some you know I look at all the reasons why things aren't working out in LA just in careers and you know it's hard it's tough to say this because it sounds so negative but to address it I have been pretty hard on myself and all of my friends and people that meet me and like even today Tinsa she's like so proud of us and she was so nice and she's like oh my gosh you guys are doing these crazy things and our and our nieces and nephews are like wow you guys are on YouTube crazy <laughs> we're like are you kidding me this sucks but then but so I'm, I'm, I'm hypercritical but then we meet them and they go oh Dave you're the hardest worker working friend I know and I go oh well that I mean maybe that's as a result of, of always feeling like um, I can do more but I do have a lot. I do always um, have a lot in store for what I want to do. And I know that I have to do it uh, before anyone else will help me. You know, you can't expect others to help you till you're willing to do it. So like when I'm making Hollywood posers with Channing, he's always like, oh, you know, the, syncing all the audio and videos, the worst. And I go, all right, let me do it. So then the next morning I had it all done for him. And I was like, I'm showing that I'm willing to do the 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 shittiest part of post production, which is seeing which audio goes with which video. I'm staring at people's lips, trying to lip read as I set it all up, and you, you know, move that up so it's, you can see your eyes. it sounds it sounds stupid, but I do I do think that if I want anyone to work with me, they've got to believe that like I I'll do the thing, I'll do the the tough part. So whenever it comes down to like when I used to run a painting company, I would be the only I would be the first guy to go up to the scariest part of the roof and hang off the rope to get the top of the, you know, to get the the peak of the roof. That you know, I'll always want to show people that I'm willing to do the most bullshit thing to get something done. I never want to live in a limitation where like I don't do a podcast because we're not on a network. We'll do the whole thing ourselves. But I also think I need to do a better job of accepting others' help and like letting and like delegating other people and, and all that. But anyway, I don't know if that's, I think, I think, uh, I think I'm very critical of myself, but I also, in a healthy way. Well, is it a healthy thing or is it an unhealthy thing? No, I need to do a better job of like, so, you know, some days you remember I'm, I'll be laying in bed and I'll be like, sorry, honey, I can't even sleep right now. I'm just, my brain is running and that's when it's too far. I need to know that I've done enough today. And what's that? Live in a tight space. What does that say? What was the thing that whole said the, Got to live in a... One day at a time, honey. Yeah, but what was the one day at a time? Uh, whatever it was. I can't I can't remember what it was. But yeah, I, I got to do a better job of knowing that the day's over and I tried my best. And you know, we're going back to LA after a nice, long, amazing trip and I do want to keep working harder. I do want people to see a movie poster from a, something I wrote. I do want to be performing in town and make people laugh. And whenever, whenever I don't live up to that, I'm the first one to know. If I'm not doing good in stand-up, I'm the first one to know. You know, I might say, oh, that person in the audience sucked or whatever. Sure, but in the end, like, I'm, like, there is something about stand-up and just comedy in general that, that you have to be a psychopath to not know when you're failing. So, I don't know if you feel that way. You know, you go to an audition, yeah, you can... people exist. We got to get out of here. Are we good with this? What's on the last page? <laughs> you want to see what the last can page I is? Read it? Yeah, you can read it, sure. <clears throat> Make it quick, though. Don't tell me what to do. We've been sitting <laughs> Make it quick, Tasha. We got people ready to take over this rotunda. All right. Is this a rotunda? <laughs> what's a gazebo? What's the difference right, between a gazebo and a rotunda? You said don't worry about criticism. Yeah. All right. Let's. There's, there's a whole other page prevent there. Prevent fatigue and worry and keep our energy and spirits high. Oh, that's good. How many, how many tips are there? Six. Nice. The final six tips to preventing fatigue and keeping our spirits high. 
edibles. One, rest before you get tired. That's very important to know like when we're going to have strenuous days to get a great night's sleep ahead of time, to prevent burnout, to know when it's time to step away, to take a break, to pick things up tomorrow. Okay. Number two, learn to relax at your work. Yeah, make things fun, right? That's a, a tough work one. day is all about your attitude, though. Rem- isn't remembering it? to have fun with what some you do. Some days are are fun at work. Some days suck at work, but some days are really fun at work, and those are always the best days, right? Absolutely. They're enjoyable. Three, if you run a household, protect your health and appearance by relaxing at home. Yeah, you can tell this was made in the fifties. <laughs> For all the dames out there, (laughs) when you're running your household, make sure the sandwiches are made on time. Apply these four good working habits. Oh, baby, you're going to have to pay attention to these. A, B, C, and D, all right? A, clear your desk of all papers except those relating to the immediate problem at hand. Yes, because distractions. It's the same as like trying to work on your phone or work on your computer with 50,000 tabs open. And I will go ahead and preemptively admit that that is an issue for me. Yeah, you, you have issues with tabs. I have issues with joke uh, pages. 50 notebooks. <laughs> <a> set lists everywhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> B, do things in order of their importance. You got to rank what you're going to tackle. And maybe that's snowball method and maybe that's most pressing matter first. C, when you face a problem, solve it then and there if you have the facts necessary to make a decision. Yeah, why kick That's the like can w- down the That's like answering the phone when, you... when when someone's got an issue just just address it. Yeah. Yeah, just answer the phone. Okay. Just good. take care of it now. Simple, perfect. D. Learn to organize, deputize and supervise. Yes. Touch is pointing at me right now. Yes. You mean with the Hollywood posers? Organize, w- deputize and supervise. Organize means I started a shared Google calendar. They yep. they messed up the date, not no, me. No, it's okay, honey. But <laughs> but here's how it goes. Organize. Get it all set up, right? Decide who you want doing what. Deputize. Assign tasks to each person according to their ability. Okay. Right? Deputize. And supervise. Check in from time to time. Yeah, I just hate this part. I know, but it's part of... That's like why I want to just do all the shit myself. Things. Yeah. It's part of running stuff. You've got to supervise. You would it hate that too, though. It doesn't be overbearing, but it just means check in. Hey, reminder, uh, it's been one week since we kicked off this project. Where do things stand? Two weeks from deadline. You know? Yeah. Is that the whole list? That's D of point four. So we've got two more. Number five, put enthusiasm into your work. That's hard to do when you do something that you don't particularly I, enjoy. I, my, I have nothing but enthusiasm with everything I do. And how I'm, do I, you find the joy in things that you don't, yeah. f- that you aren't enthusiastic about? Because well, there are certain aspects well, you, like, of your work it's that like editing. you are not You asked me if about. I enjoyed editing and I was like, honey, no one enjoys editing, but I enjoy what I make. It's like, would you, it's like ask an actor if they enjoy memorizing lines. You'd be a psycho if you said yes. But once they are memorized, you enjoy acting them out. Mm-hmm. So I do have, I have so much enthusiasm for what I enjoy making i i bother you because i'm always like hey look at this hey look at this and it's like i love doing all that i do i really having an enthusiasm for what i do is not a problem i'm so happy my only thing that i'm looking for in life is to expand my horizon because that means getting more wealth for doing what i do so while i grow while i study what it is to do to make people interested or happy or laugh or whatever as i get better 
just keep on expanding my territory, keep on increasing my YouTube subscribers, keep on just relating to people in a way that I get monetized for doing it so I can clear up my whole life schedule from all the baloney so I can just do the things that I'm enthused by. And we tell people this when they're like wondering what they want to study in college or this or that. It's like whatever it is that you are excited to talk about, find a way to make money doing that or something in that neighborhood. That's simple. Find out what it is. You'll be you'll be worth more than the person who does it half-assed. Mm-hmm. What's the last or one? Does honey? it without passion? All right. Uh, this is a throwaway. Don't worry about insomnia because worrying only makes it worse. Listen. We just we had have, a lot of coffee too, and we have a four a.m. wake up for this oh flight, so boy, I'm definitely not going to be sleeping. Bad news. Hopefully, the sugar's enough that I'll crash. All right. <laughs> Because we're talking so much about putting out positivity and attracting positivity in return, we have to hit on this last section, okay? Oh, we got to be quick. It's quick. It's quick. Don't tell me to be quick. We've been sitting out here all day. Hurry up, Tasha. You're taking your sweet time. (laughs) I'm going to take my time. All right. Cultivate a mental attitude that will bring you peace and happiness. Seven points. One, fill your mind with thoughts of peace, courage, health, and hope. Hope is important. Number two. Hope is the opposite of worry. Yeah. Hope is the opposite of worry. Yeah. Best case scenario. How about that for how about that for a podcast scenario. title? Hope is the opposite of worry. Yeah. Okay. That's it. There you go. You got That's it. That's the episode. Aren't Bye, you everyone. Glad we put <laughs> All right. Finish this out. Okay. Number I'm two. Gonna, I'm gonna forget what I said. By the way. <laughs> Hope is the opposite of worry. Gotcha. Never try to get even with your enemies. Wow. Yeah, it's a cancer that makes you sick, right? Mm-hmm. Like like uh, hoping for someone else's pain just causes your pain or whatever. <laughs> All right, this is important for you to hear. Ready yeah. for number three? Expect ingratitude. What does that mean? Expect ingrat- Expect no one to be grateful for what you do? Expect ingratitude from time to time. I set the bar high. You're going to, ha- I mean, in my job, I know that I definitely during times of Corona have been feeling really bummed and really undervalued uh, because, you know, I think it's easy for some of my clients to think of me as a mannequin and not a person, but you've got to expect in gratitude and when you're given gratitude, and when you're given gratitude, you'll appreciate relish it, it, relish yeah. it. Yeah. And I do folks right in number four. <laughs> and this is important for this me last for one? sure. No, there's seven. There's seven. Okay. Count your blessings, not your troubles. Wow. Yep. Expand the love and it'll decrease all the hate. Count your blessings, not your troubles. And it's, that's hard to do because when you have a problem, it's only natural to focus on it for purposes of solving it. Right. That's, I mean, we're just hardwired to solve problems. So when you see a problem, when you see a trouble, it, it only makes evolutionary sense to focus on it but let's focus on our blessings and, and the our solution troubles. in most cases is to do the good things you can and that will outweigh whatever the negative is or just completely kick it off the shelf do not imitate others great i said that today to someone that she was, someone was, we were getting way too many compliments from this relative. Uh, I won't say who, cause she might listen or watch this. And she was very sweet, but she was being so complimentary to us that it felt like, 
you know what I mean? Like I was, I, like I want, like I said, I want my love languages. I want to, I want the affirmation, but I can't always take it. Just like I was criticizing, criticizing my mom for not taking it. But she was being so. She was like, oh, blah, 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 how do you, why, you know? She was just saying all these. No, very, she has obviously read this book. She knows how to win friends and influence people. She knows how to get us excited. But by she also had no. She had no we reason to. About. She wasn't like, and now I want to sell you on my multi-level marketing. No, she was being polite. Yeah, she was. And being, she has great social skills, better than ours. But I think, yeah, oh, she's great. But I, th- I think she was. I think she has a natural. Um, she was a natural curiosity, which a lot, this helps. this helps formulate that. But some people are naturally good at interviewing and naturally good at just wanting to know about others. And yeah. yeah. All right. What's the last one? Uh, two more. Two more. Try to profit from your losses. That's like okay. That's a good one. That's like when I when I cut my finger open and I'm gonna make a YouTube video about it. There you go. Or when someone stole my Put car. Five ba- cents in your bank account to offset that five hundred dollars. Someone stole my car battery, and I was like, I gotta make a YouTube video so go. I can show this off Very and pay the good. bills. And the last, create happiness for others. Oh, interesting. Well, I think that's a probably a pretty good way to end it because it's kind of what the podcast is all about. We want happiness, but we also want people to be um what's you know content with their life with the choices that they're making with their communicating with um just living your authentic life and i think that's and that's, feeling like they really are living up to the best versions of themselves right and that's and that's what um that's what leads to happiness so i think that's a that's a great way to end this um it's a great way to end this um 15 day trip if anyone's a a deep listener of the podcast they know i've been wanting this for a while so it's so good um what do you want to say I'm I'm talked out. I feel like we had a good chat. You're talked out. <laughs> That's a good name for a podcast. Talked out. So so what do we call this one? This is hope. What <laughs> I forgot what it's called. Hope is the opposite of worry. Hope is the opposite of worry. So we hope that um we hope that we can uh, really spend the rest of 2020 doing whatever we can to keep creating and letting the rest work itself out. And also, um, guys, if you can and want to check out the Patreon, I do have a free episode on Patreon that people can listen to. I decided to make one free episode recently. Patreon.com slash this app. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash T-H-E-S-A-P. So go over there and check that out. Um, we got to go. Uh, thank you guys so much for being there for us and with us and sharing us on your Instagram stories and all the jazz that you've been doing. We appreciate you all so, so much. So without further ado, that's the episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>